Aloha! Welcome to the Haleo Nakaula podcast. We are based upcountry on the stunning island of Maui. If you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can always check us out at hokmaui.com. We would love to connect with you on social media throughout the week on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today, our pastor, Daniel Oliveira, expounds on the oneness of the early church as described in Acts 2 through 5. Our drive to walk in love and oneness is a key to bringing forth the restoration which is taking place in the church today. Good morning. Good morning. We bless this word, we bless this service. Okay? Yes. One thing to me that, you know, as I come to finishing my last class after, you know, my graduation and all of that, like I said before, it seems like all the pieces of the puzzle are finally coming together. And there's like uh, several classes that I took that were really impactful. Some positively, <laughs> some very negatively. You know, and one of the things that is really not my favorite is to study the history of the church, you know, and the things that were done in the name of God, you know, and it, I mean, if you think about it, you know, for the first 300 years, Christians were being persecuted. You know, I have a book, it's a, a, about the, the history of the martyrs of the church, you know, and then you have to think, Man, if they were being persecuted, well, how come they were still becoming Christians, right? Isn't that a good question? Like, man, being a Christian was not a, a, a light thing. Oh, I'm going to be a Christian. That meant, you know, you may have your, all your properties taken away from you, your family, your life, everything. It's intense to think about that. I mean, we, we live in a country now that we have freedom of religion. Those guys did not have freedom of religion, but the church was growing because there was life in the church. And it was better to be a Christian and risk your life than not be a Christian. Then around the year 300, the emperor became a Christian. And then he made Christianity be the official religion. And then from being persecuted, now the church has the power. Now everybody needs to be a Christian. And then you have beautiful stories of, you know, anti-Semitism, not beautiful, that was a sarcasm. You know, then you start killing people, inquisition, you know, crusades, <laughs> because you are now the official religion and everybody else is wrong. Now, what was done to us, we're gonna do to everybody else now. So that's not a pretty story. You see that in, in 1492, I think, where all the Jews were expelled from Spain. And they either, you know, gave up their Jewishness and became a Christian, or they would die. 
I don't think that that is how the church started. Right? And then, I mean, there's an important class that I took was the Jewish roots of Christianity. And there is a lot of things that you, you are not going to really read about it in most of the books. Because it's not necessarily anything that anybody really wants to promote. Because at one point, there was a, a real effort to separate, isolate the church from its Jewish roots. And when we talk about the restoration of the church, it's so far gone that we don't even know if we can bring it back together. But I keep looking, Lord, I want to see, I want to learn, I want to study the beginning of the church. How did the church start? And it, you have to remember that after the crucifixion and resurrection, you know, the first three or four decades, or maybe even longer, Christianity was still part as a sect of Judaism, right? So I, I want to talk a little bit about this because there is something about the, the purity and the oneness that we, we are driven to be, we are driven to become, we're driven to go back to that heart. You know, when John Robert Stevens, the founder of our churches, he started talking about the, the early church, the New Testament church, right? They have a New Testament church manual. And I think that it's important for us to really go like, okay, Lord, help us to separate the, the, the precious from the vile. You know, in, in Corinthians, it talks about, you know, you, you build on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, and then hay, stubble, and wood, but then the fire will come, and only the pure will remain. And I think that when we talk about the returning of the Lord, we're talking about something that's going to be like a, a, a fire, consuming everything that was not supposed to be there. Okay? So anyway, I want to bless this, because to me, the early churches started on the day of Pentecost because of their oneness. They were all together in one place, in one accord, and I want to read this out of Acts 2, verse 1 to 5. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly... There came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire, distributing themselves as they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues and the Spirit, as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now... There were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. Some people question the, the, the Bible, right? Well, I, I'm going to tell you, if this was not true, nobody would be becoming Christians. 
Does it make sense? What is the point of being persecuted if not to have this life of God imparted to you? You know, and I want to keep reading this because look at this. Chapter 2, verse 42. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all. And as anyone might have need, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple. Important detail. They were going from house to house, but they were gathering at the temple also. They were Jews walking in the teachings of Christ in oneness. And breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. That's what I want. That's what I want. This is why we have this place. I love this. Look at this. And verse 43, And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. I love this. Verse, chapter 5. Are you guys okay? Yes. No, chapter 4 first. 29 to 31. And now the Lord take, Lord, take note of your threats. So now they started being a little disruptive and people were not liking it. I cannot get into a lot of details why. But the truth is that they were under Roman rule. And there were groups ready to pick swords and fight the Roman rule. So anything that was a little bit different would draw attention. And they were, the, the authorities were afraid of a rebellion. You know, which eventually happened near the year 70, where they came and destroyed Jerusalem, expelled everybody, destroyed the temple. Like, okay, we're done with this. These people are crazy. They are rebellious. They cannot subject themselves to the Roman authorities. Okay, so when the church started growing, you know, they could easily be confused with a militia. You know, these guys are planning to take over, right? So, 4.29, And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant, grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. That's what I want to see. Lord, let us be here speaking your word with boldness. 
chapter 5, verse 12. At the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. What is it? It's a door, a portico at the temple. They were all still there, going to the temple. They were part of the Jewish culture and, and religion, if you want to say that. But none of the rest dared to associate with them. However, the people held them in high esteem. And all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women, were constantly added to their number to such an extent that they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets, so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on any one of them. Also, the people from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together, bringing people who were sick or afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all being healed. Does that answer your question? How could people become Christians under persecution, right? Well, this is it. <laughs> you know, you would have people delivered from demonic oppression. You know, people would just like wait for Peter to walk by and just his shadow or his aura or his spirit would impact them and people start being healed and walk, you know, and get better. To me, this was triggered still by the same oneness, by the same being together here. Verse 12, they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. This continues in, as we'll see here in Colossians. And I bless this because the church gradually became an institution. You know, and then you had, you know, the bishops and this and that, and then, you know, if you take, you know, the, the class on healings and miracles, you learn that at one point they start controlling the gifts. No, you're not supposed to pray for the sick. Only this person here can do that. And then you start like, taking control of what everybody was doing together. Do yeah. you understand that? And what I'm, I want us is like, we cannot, if we're talking about restoring the New Testament church, don't wait for the ministries. <laughs> you walk in the gifts. You walk. You be seeking the Lord for the, the impartation and the outpouring of the, the Spirit. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. I bless this. Because to me, we are still part of the 
restoration of the church. And I, but I believe that there is a lot more to be restored. And I think that uh, that same anointing, same authority, same power has to be restored. But to me, it comes, number one, with us eliminating anything that divides us. And then each one coming, bringing something to the table. Effectiveness and authority, because everyone was responsible. Ephesians 4, and we always read this, right? Verse 11. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Why? There is a purpose behind all of this. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of man, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. It is in this atmosphere of the early church where everybody would come with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that maturity and growth happens. It is only when we are connected and every joint supplies, right? From whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what? Every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So I, I want to bless this for us. We are looking for uh, maybe a revival. You know, it's not a bad word. It's a good thing. You know, or an outpouring. Or we're looking for a fresh anointing. We're looking for a reign of the Spirit. Like Paul talked to Timothy, stir up the gifts. And that's what I want each one of us, you know, like, stir up. You know, go look for those seeds. You know, each one of those seeds that we were talking about a while back now. You know, and you say, okay, Lord, you gave me this. The gifts of God are without repentance. They're not gonna, he's not going to take it from you, but you have to put it in, into action. So we bless this. Everyone had to wait to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And that, to me, is what we're looking. I'm looking for our oneness and our love for one another. And as we do that, we wait. Let's go back to Acts 1. Because this is before the ascension of the Lord. The disciples were still kind of confused. They were still having some false expectations of what was going to happen. Acts 1, 6, So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or epochs 
which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. And then verse 4, I jumped over that one. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you have heard from me. So he told them, go there. Remember, it was after Passover, a very difficult moment. I always think that we are in that same moment right now. It's so easy to get scattered, so easy to get disillusioned, to give up, to go back to emails, you know, to go back fishing, to go back whatever you did at first, because you don't see the fulfillment. You were like expecting the Lord to do this major thing. He's like, he's the Messiah. He's going to take over. He's going to be the king. And he said, no, 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 you will be my witnesses. It's better for you that I go, that you may receive the power, that you may receive my glory, my anointing, that you become the Christians, the anointed ones. But you have to wait in oneness, in the same place, together, like Joel chapter 2 talks about without breaking ranks, each one in their path. They walk like a mighty people, a mighty army. And that's where we are right now. Lord, impart to us that same love. Impart to us that same drive for oneness, to be your family, to be your remnant, to be those that are going to be ready to receive what you have to give to your church today. You know, and to me, this is like, for years, we've been talking about oneness. But now I, I want to stop talking about oneness. I want to become one. Search me, O oh God. See if you find me any, anything that's resisting what you're bringing to us today. Amen. We bless this word for our hearts. We bless this next week. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Mahalo for listening to this message. If you are led to leave a rating and review, please feel free to do so. May God bless you.